Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, sweet one. Being fit is a positive trend we are hearing more and more of in today's world. And it is so great to see people exercising, eating right, and getting to a healthier weight. But being fit isn't just about the physical. You have to think about the mental as well. And now, I have another tip to help you. And this tip will bring calm into your life and it's called Banishing Blunder Beliefs. Those inaccurate beliefs that we hold about ourselves and prevent us from reaching our potential. If no one loves me, I am worthless. I do not have the talent nor the network to make things happen. These are examples of blunder beliefs. And they are the root of all anxiety. And they have no place in your life. Now is the time to rid them by offering up counter-statements to all of the bunder beliefs. For every negative thought that you have inaccurately installed in your thinking, you must replace it with a counter, more positive thought. This is going to need constant reinforcement and dedication. And if you need some one-on-one -on -one personal and confidential help, just go to my Patreon page, patreon.com, and look up Bedtime Stories for Adults. When you do the search, I know there's a lot of different bedtime stories, but there's only one by me. But for now, sweet one, I want you just to listen to my voice as I have a story to tell you. And it's a story that one of my listeners by the name of Nicole had told me she wanted to hear. It's called The Premature Burial. I do hope you like it. There are certain things of which the interest is all-absorbing, but which are too entirely horrible for the purposes of legitimate fiction. These the mere romanticist must chew if he does not wish to offend or to disgust. They are with propriety handled only with the severe and majesty of truth sanctified and sustain them. We thrill, for example, with the most intense, appleasurable pain over the accounts of the passage of Bersinia, earthquake of Lisbon, plague 
at London, Massacre of St. Bartholomew, or of the stifling of 123 prisoners in the Black Hole at Calcutta. But these accounts, it is in fact, it is reality. It is the history which excites. As inventions, we should regard them with simple abhorrence. I have mentioned some few of the more prominent and august calamities on record. But in these, it is the extent, not less the character of the calamity, which so vividly impresses the fancy. I need not remind the reader that from the long and weird catalogue of human miseries, I might have selected many individual instances more replete with essential suffering than any of these vast generalities of disaster. The true wretchedness indeed, the ultimate well, is particular, not diffuse. That the ghastly extremes of agony are endured by man the unit, and never by man the mass. For this, let us thank a merciful God to be buried while alive is beyond question the most terrific of these extremes which has ever fallen to the lot of mere mortality, that it has frequently, very frequently, so fallen will scarcely be denied by those who think the boundaries which divide life from death are at the best shadowy and vague who shall say where the one ends and the other begins? We know that there are diseases in which occur total sensations of the apparent functions of vitality, and yet in which these sensations are merely suspensions, properly so called. They are only temporary pauses in the incomprehensible mechanism. A certain period lapses, and some unseen mysterious principle again sets in motion the magic pinions and the wizard's wheels. The silver cord was not forever loosened, nor the golden bowl irreparably broken. But where, meantime, was the soul? Apart, however, from the inevitable conclusion, a priori that such causes much produce such effects, the well-known occurrence of such cases of suspended animation must naturally give rise, now and then, to premature interments. Apart from this consideration, we have the direct testimony of medical and ordinary experience to prove that a vast number of such interments have actually taken place. I might refer at once, if necessary, to 100 well-authenticated instances, one of a very remarkable character, and of which the circumstances may be fresh in the memory of some of my readers, occurred not very long ago in the neighboring city of Baltimore, where it occasioned a painful, intense, and widely extended excitement. The wife of one of the most respectable citizens 
a lawyer of eminence and a member of Congress, was seized with a sudden and unaccountable illness which completely baffled the skills of her physicians. After much suffering, she died, or was supposed to die. No one suspected, indeed, or had reason to suspect, that she was actually not dead. She presented all the ordinary appearances of death. The face assumed the usual pinched and sunken outline. The lips were at the usual marble parlor. The eyes were lusterless. There was no warmth. Pulsation had ceased. For three days, the body was preserved unburied, during which it had acquired a strong rigidity. The funeral, in short, was hastened on account of the rapid advance of what what was supposed to be the decomposition. The lady was deposited in her family vault, which for three subsequent years was undisturbed. At the expiration of this term, it was opened for the reception of a sarcophagus. But alas, how fearful a shock awaited the husband, who personally threw open the door, as his portal swung outwardly back, some white apparelled object fell rattling into his arms. It was the skeleton of his wife in her yet unmolded shroud. A careful investigation rendered it evident that she had revived within two days of her entombment, that her struggles within the coffin had caused it to fall from the ledge or the shelf to the floor where it was so broken as to permit her escape. A lamp, which had been accidentally left, full of oil, within the tomb, was found empty. It might have been exhausted, however, by evaporation. On the uttermost of the steps, which led down into the dread chamber, was a large fragment of the coffin, with which it seemed that she had endeavored to arrest attention by striking the iron door. While thus occupied, she probably swooned or possibly died. Through sheer terror and in failing, her shroud became entangled in some iron work which projected interiorly. And thus she remained. And thus she rotted erect. And that, my sweet one, is only part of the story of the premature burial. But it's getting late, and I want you to sleep well. Sweet dreams, my sweet one. Good night.